How are we? Good. So I've just got some thoughts this morning. We'll see how we go. I may not keep you too long, um, but I still may. We'll see. Uh, I never know. I never know how long I'm going to preach for. Uh, sometimes it just goes a little bit longer, and sometimes it's really, really short. It's one of the other extreme. But first thing I wanted to say is we've been talking a lot about upgrade. And, um, but, you know, and I was just thinking through the week, don't worry if you don't know what the upgrade is. Uh, don't worry if you don't know what to do. Don't worry if for some reason or whatever it's not, you know, you're capturing it in your heart, but it's not computing in your mind. Because I was thinking about the scripture, you know, Acts 19 that Pastor Brian's been talking about, and the response of the disciples there was really, was cool, because they're like, Paul's like, hey, have you heard of the Holy Ghost? And they're like, we haven't even heard there was such thing as a Holy Ghost. So they didn't know. They were there, they had great hearts, they were in one place, they were, they were doing their thing, they were, they were getting around the, the revelation of John the Baptist's uh, revelation and, and, the, and, and being saved into that, but they didn't know what the upgrade was until Paul came along and began to speak and begin to teach. And Pastor Ray said something uh, interesting there, he said, um, I wrote it down, act on what the Word is telling you. So, so just as we're going on this journey, you know, don't worry too much if you, if you, if you feel like you're, you're still trying to grapple with what, what is this, what's going on. Doesn't matter. My theory always is, if it hits you in your spirit, and it and it uh, and it aligns with you in your spirit, then that's good enough for me. My head will catch up at some point, uh, but I keep moving along on the journey. I keep hearing. I keep grabbing the word. I keep chewing the word. I keep listening. Uh, to it till I begin to understand what it is. But I've just got some thoughts this morning um, on, uh, on the upgrade and maybe some thoughts and keys on, that, could re- that can help us um, you know, step into what uh, Pastor Brian's talking about, the upgrade. So first of all, personal upgrade facilitates corporate upgrade. So Gideon's upgrade, it rallied a nation. You know, the, the angel of the Lord came to him and they went through the, uh, through the, the story. We, most of us are here, I guess, would know that story. And, and the angel said, hey, you mighty man of valor. And he's like, who, me? And they went through this thing. But the upgrade that Gideon went through rallied an army. You know, the upgrade that David went through uh, with what God was doing in him and in his heart, and he eventually came to this place where he uh, slew Goliath, it rallied a nation. You know, so upgrade, you know, my personal upgrade facilitates corporate upgrade. So there's a responsibility on me, there's a responsibility on you. Esther's upgrade saved a generation. Mary's willingness to accept the upgrade facilitated the birth of our Savior. You know, so there's a responsibility on us. Paul's upgrade, probably among other things, gave us two-thirds of the New Testament. You know, so personal upgrade facilitates corporate upgrade. So there's a responsibility, you know, on us to capture the word that's coming out. The decision to pursue the upgrade of God uh, that God's bringing is your decision. It's my decision. I can choose to run with this or I can choose to 
not run with it. I can choose to discount it. I can choose to get offended at it. I can choose to do whatever I want with the word. But it's our choice. Pastor Brian spoke a few weeks back. In fact, I think it's in the latest blog um, that, um, that's just been put out around this whole message. And he talked about the presence of God. And he spoke about how there's a personal presence, but there's a corporate presence. And I reckon similar, similar to that, uh, there's a personal and there's corporate upgrade. And, uh, you know, we are responsible for us. No one can make us do anything. You are responsible for your response. I'm responsible for my response. And my response to upgrade is my responsibility. Have I made my point? It's our responsibility. In our, our response to things, I was just looking through the word through the week and you know, Jesus, our greatest example, he was treated badly. You think you were treated badly. He, is treated, he was treated pretty badly. They mocked him. They spread rumors about him. They told blatant lies about him. They hated him. They did all this sort of thing. In the end, they put him on a cross. And his response was still, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So we're responsible for our response. Your choice, your decision holds the key to your upgrade. And we have a choice in every situation and circumstance. We can get angry bitter or we can forgive so I hope that brings my point across we have a responsibility there's the responsibilities on me for up to receive the upgrade to, to get in the right place to get in the right position to allow God to do what God wants to do and bring alive you know what God wants to bring alive in me so here's a couple of keys um, that, that may help in this. So first of all, there's a cry from the heart. And these aren't in any particular order, I don't think, but there's a cry that begins to come out of your heart. So if you look in Judges 6, you know, it talks about, let's turn to Judges 6. So it talks about the Israelites and how um, they were in a pretty average place because of, they'd, they'd done wrong in the eyes of God and God said okay because you've done that I'm just gonna give you you know give you over to the Midianites so but the point of my story is this that um, you know they, we had the Israelites there that just seemed to be bombarded on every side they plant a crop the Midianites had come in they do this and then there was someone else from the other side came in they did something else and and another army from the other side uh, came in it was like just just constantly being surrounded by stuff you know, and our life can be like that sometimes. It got to the point where they were hiding in caves. You know, Gideon's there threshing wheat in the wine press. Um, you, know, it's, you know, it's not what you normally do. You should be able to go out and plant your crops. But every time that happened, you know, it was like the enemy came in and, and took it. So um, what began to happen is they came to a place where a cry began to come out of their heart. So you can, you know, we can be in a particular place. You know, we can be... You know, you know what you go through in life and, and sometimes it can feel like uh, on every side we are getting just buffeted. On every side, you know, it doesn't matter what we do, the, the enemy's coming, in, coming and saying things to our mind and there's things going on where people are, you know, accusing you and making all sorts of accusations. There's all this stuff going on. We can be oppressed and depressed. 
you know, we can feel stuck, you know, in, in where we're at, but at some point there's going to be a cry that begins to come out of our heart. And we recognize where we are. So coming back to my responsibility, you know, we need to recognize where we are, but see where God wants to take us. You know, uh, or we don't see where God wants to take us, but we're just sick to death of what's going on, so a cry begins to come out of our heart. So it says there in verse 6, so we're in Judges 6, verse 6. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So they came to this point where they just, they'd had enough, and this cry began to come out. So we've got to recognize where we're at sometimes. Recognize how we got stuck, what caused us to get into this position. You know, recognize some of the barriers that we've got to moving forward, you know, or pressing through or, or receiving. You know, why is it that I can't receive something from God? Or, or when Pastor Brian or someone's, you know, preaching and they're, and they're speaking, why is it that it's almost like the word can hit this, this wall? Or something, you've got to recognize that sort of thing and begin to take it down. But there's a, the first thing is there's a cry that comes out of your heart. So keep going, verse 7. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I bought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. I love this because the way God answers our cry isn't always the way we want it to be answered. So God, come, God doesn't, you know, he doesn't come down and go, oh, you're right. You know, man, I, you know, I was probably a bit harsh. I've got the Midianites, you've got the Amorites, you've got these ites and all these other ites. I've just let them come in. They're taking your food. Let's sort it out. He sends a prophet who says, man, I've done all this for you. I saved you. I delivered you. I did this. I did this. I did this. You didn't obey my voice. So a bit of a rebuke. So don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that. You know, if a cry begins to come out of your heart and you don't get the response from God that you're expecting, stay soft. So he sent a prophet. So I know for me, um, you know, I know, you know, this story really related, while I was reading it, related to me because I was thinking back to, you know, when I first, you know, moved to sail. And, I, you know, it was, I'd put my, myself, like the Israelites, I'd done wrong and I'd put myself in a particular place. And, uh, and because of that, it didn't matter what I did, I was just getting, you know, I just kept getting pulled back in the world, pulled back in the world. But I'd put myself in that place. So I have to take responsibility for that. But at some point, and I, and I remember this, there was just a cry began to come out of my heart, God, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be more than what I've, you know, um, built for myself. There's got to be more than what I'm getting into. There's got to be more to this church thing. There's got to be more to you. There was this something that just began to stir and, 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 and build up in my heart. It was like a cry to God going, come on, let's get this sorted. I'm ready. I'm, I'm a, enough running. Uh, let's move forward. 
And then basically God began to direct me here. And, uh, and a lot of you have probably heard the story and, and that sort of thing, talking with my dad in the kitchen, at least this is how I remember it. And uh, it was a bit of a frustrated conversation because I wasn't really going anywhere. And then, uh, and then I just said, who's that bloke you know in sale? I'll go there. And, um, and then started the journey. But the response I got and what I expected was very different to what I had in my head. So I thought I'd come here and, you know, a couple of weeks and she'd be all sorted and I'd be the, the song leader and the worship leader and I'd play my guitar and the crowds would come. And, you know, I had this idea of, you know, true, I had this idea of what God was going to do through me because I'd now made a decision. Well, basically when I got here, it was like, welcome, uh, but some things have got to go and that's one and that's one and that's one and that's one. True, exactly how it went. And, uh, and I thank God that I responded well. You know, so sometimes when the cry comes out of our heart, the, the way God answers the response we get may not be as comfortable or what we like. We've got to be prepared to receive, prepared to trust God. So because of the cry of their heart in Israel, you know, God begins to move and God begins to connect with Gideon and the rest of the story unfolds. So the cry to God for change, for breakthrough can be lost because we respond wrong when God sends the answer. You know, even uh, though the 12 at Ephesus in Acts 19 didn't know what they were looking for, there was something in them positioned accurately for upgrade. So I don't know whether they really knew what it was, but they were positioned. They were hungry. They were getting into what they knew. You know, and God saw that and God sent Paul and brought the upgrade. As soon as God sent the answer through Paul, they responded. They recognized the voice and the grace of God on Paul and they responded. You know, Gideon responded even from the position that he'd got himself into. You know, God had delivered them. He's their God. And, you know, and, uh, the, you know the prophet said um, uh, that the Lord has sent the prophet to Israel, whom they said, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I've brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. So I've brought you out of bondage and I've delivered you uh, out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and I've drove them out before you and uh, gave you their land. I also said to you, I, I'm your Lord God. He, he's done all these things, but somehow they ended up hiding in a wine press because the Midianites were, were on them. But somewhere in that, uh, Gideon responded even from the position that he was in. Does that make sense? So there's a cry that comes out of our heart. There's a cry for change. There's a, there's a cry to, to find God afresh, to find God new. So I really believe that we're in a season where there is a grace, you know, to rise. There's a grace to, to grab a hold of this upgrade, to begin to understand it, begin to move into it, to break out of every area that we've got stuck in. You know, we have to make sure regardless of where we get ourselves, the accurate response is never lost. So even if you find yourself hiding in a cave, still got to learn to respond accurately must learn to respond accurately. Number two, 
We've got to recognize the grace on the man God has given or sent you. I think this is vital. Galatians 2.9. And when James, uh, Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that God had given me. So this is Paul speaking. They gave me Barnabas and the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they would go to the circumcised. So, so Paul comes and, uh, and James, it says Cephas, Cephas, I think that's Peter. Pastor Ray, yes, that's Peter. Cephas, Cephas, Peter, uh, see, I don't know. I'm sure it's Peter. It must be another name for him, but I'm sure it's Peter. So Galatians 2.9, and when James, I can't even see that word, so I'll say Peter. When James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, they perceived, they recognized the grace that God had given Paul. They gave, um, they gave him Barnabas, him and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that they should go to the Gentiles. So that was a big thing because you didn't go to the Gentiles at that point. You know, so uh, anything outside of, um, you know, I, th I think, you know, for the scholars here and the men more, you know, older and wiser than me, I'm looking at you, uh, <laughs> the, the Jews, that was the place you went. Anything else was like no go. Uh, especially, you know, talking about, you know, what they were teaching and preaching and spiritual things. So John, Peter and John put aside their own ideas and they recognized the grace that God had given to Paul because Paul had been given this revelation to go to the Gentiles. So, so they recognized the grace that was on him and they gave him the right hand of fellowship. I had to look that up because I'm thinking, what is the right hand of fellowship? It's basically this, agreed, go for it. It's a handshake. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that old? I thought it was something really, you know, so it's just like, yeah, we agree. Yep, God's with you, go for it, you know, and... That's it. It's not. <laughs> or maybe, maybe it could be in some circumstance. So Jacob recognized who he was wrestling. Paul recognized who knocked him off his horse. You know, they weren't blinded or dumb, although <laughs> Paul was blinded, but they weren't dumb to what was going on. They recognized what was going on in that moment. You know, the woman at the well, she, she recognized that Jesus, you know, I perceive you're a prophet. You know, she recognized the grace. She recognized something on him. So we've got to be able to recognize, you know, the grace on the man that God has sent you. God has sent me. So what we recognize in another should determine our response to not only them, but to God. If you can't recognize or see the man of God, God has given you, it can leave us frustrated and unfulfilled. I believe that. If you've got to find and recognize the one God has sent me to or has sent to me. So I know, I know for me, you know, uh, loved God, um, did some dumb things, came back to God, but I, but I remember the first time, you know, um, and, and it was probably around the time where Pastor Brian said, welcome, and these are some of the things that have got to go, dun, dun, dun. and it wasn't easy, but it was about then that I realized, man, this is where I need to be. 
this is where God's called me. This is the, the man that I've, you know, that, that I just know God has drawn me to and sent me to. So then I know, you know, Pastor Brian tells the story of, you know, um, uh, walking up the stairs at, at uh, School of the Prophets, you know, however, 25 years ago, whenever it was, and a uh, young pastor, and it was like he just walked into that room, and as soon as he saw, you know, Dr. Jonathan, there was just, he just knew, and it was uncomfortable, and he wanted to run. Believe me, I wanted to run. You know, I remember there was a time where I just, I was just like, felt like the whole world that I'd built had been ripped out from underneath me. And everything that I'd built my life on was like ripped out from underneath me. And I'm like, why am I here? What am I doing here? And Pastor Brian said, go away for two weeks, work it out, sort it out. And, uh, you know, sort it out. So I chose, I came back, thank God. Um, you know, after a couple of weeks up bush and, uh, and I decided, I made my decision. So we've got to recognize the grace on the man that God has sent us. Amen. Does that make sense? So we're going to see, you know, as God sees, you know, which probably comes into my next point. Honor, number three, see as God sees. You know, to see the God on the inside of Maximus. You know, to see the God on the inside of Amy. To see the God on the inside of Matt. You know, not, not look and go, oh, you know, Matt's done this and that, and, or Joe's done this and that, and Wade's done this and that, and whatever. See the God on the inside. See the God potential on the inside, and, and that's what we've got to lock onto. And, uh, and that, that's honor. So honor's a verb. Regard with great respect. They honored their parents in all they did. It's a choice, coming back to my responsibility. It's a choice for me to honor. It's a choice for me to respect. So Matthew 10, let's turn there, 40 to 42. It says, he who receives and welcomes you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives and welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous, honorable man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink because he is my disciple, truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. So we're talking about honor. We're talking about um, receiving and, and acknowledging the man of God that God sent us. So first of all, out of that, you know, what's a prophet's reward? So my understanding is this, that a, a prophet's reward is the fulfillment of the prophetic word. You know, so Pastor Brian talks about how the prophetic word is the raw material to build. So although Joel did an amazing, amazing job on this building, and he captured something uh, in the heart of Pastor Brian. The reason we have this building is because of the word. Because 30 years ago, he sat across the road and he went, one day there's going to be a church there. And he spoke something out. And that was the raw material for something to begin to take place. So, so the, the, uh, what is the prophet's reward? It's the fulfillment of the prophetic word. So it talks in that scripture about receiving. 
So receiving is to is be given, you know, presented with. Receive God in the man and the grace they carry. Talks about welcoming the prophet, which means gladly receive. You know, we need to welcome what they carry. So, if you receive and welcome the the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. But if you see, we'll use Pastor Brian as an example, but anyone here as just a mate, then that's the reward you get. So if you, if you receive someone as a pastor, that's the reward you get. If your heart opens up to someone as a youth leader, that's the reward you get. But it says here, if you receive and welcome the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. So frustration comes, I believe, because we want the prophet's reward, but I'm only giving my heart to someone as a pastor, or I'm only giving my heart to someone as a youth leader, or, or something like that. So we, we, get, we, we, we wonder why things are frustrated around our life, but it's because I'm not, does that make sense? So if I, if I respond and I welcome the prophet, then that, that, uh, I've got to live and respond a certain way. Yep, so I can't respond to, let's just use Maximus as an example. Stand up, Maximus. Pretend Maximus, this is Pastor Maximus, okay? <laughs> All right, so um, if I, if, now what was my example gonna be? So if I, if I, um, if I just respond to him uh, as, as a pastor, then I get the pastor's reward. So sometimes that can be a little bit like mateish, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and is this making sense? It makes a lot of sense in my mind. But sit down, that was a bad example. But, uh, but does that make sense? We can get so frustrated and wonder why uh, things aren't always going right or, or I'm not receiving the word the way I should receive it and Pastor Ron's banging on about upgrade again and, and I'm just not getting it, I'm just not getting it. Well, maybe we've got to begin to look differently. Maybe we've got to begin to see differently. Maybe we've got to welcome and respond to the prophet so we can receive the prophet's reward. Otherwise, things can be frustrated. But we're talking about honor. And, and this scripture is about honor. And it's not only the prophet that it's talking about because it talks there and says, and whoever gives to one of these little ones, and in the Amplified it says, these are the humble uh, in rank or influence. So in my mind, that's everyone else. Even a cup of cold water to drink because he is my disciple. Truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. So not only the prophet, but sons need to respond accurately uh, and honor each other in the house. Uh, you cannot honor the father and not honor the sons. Doesn't work, it's fake. Sorry, it's fake. It's fake honor. It's honor for position. It's honor for a place. If you cannot honor the sons in the house as well as the father, fake. Got it? Good. So we're talking about honor. It's just so true. You cannot honor the father and not the sons. And point four, told you it was gonna be quick. So talking about this morning, about some keys, you know, this is some keys that I try 
and live by so that I, that I can receive the word, receive what's coming out, uh, rather than just trying to fumble my way through. So hopefully this is helping. So what was the first point? A cry. There's a cry from the heart. So we recognize where we're at. There's a bit of a recognition and we go, right, God, something's got to shift. Something's got to begin to change. But then we've got to recognize the grace on the man or woman that God's given you, that God's brought to you, that God's placed. You know, recognize the grace. You know, Elisha recognized the grace on Elijah. Did he know what his life was going to be as soon as he started walking down the track? I don't know. If he's anything like me, he had no idea. Because someone said before I moved here, they said, uh, a pastor prophesied over me at church, and he said, um, there's open heaven, and I can see all this stuff, but God is uh, uh, telling me not to tell you everything, because if I tell you, you won't go. So sometimes we don't know, and stupidly, I came anyway. You, th- you would have thought that was a warning bell. <laughs> but uh, makes sense. So I don't know whether Elisha would have known, but he recognized something. You know, and I, I'm just talking off the cuff here, so I can't remember the exact words or the exact story, but, uh, but he didn't say a lot. And Elisha said, well, I need to sort some things out, and then I'm going to follow you. Cool. Jesus, follow me. They dropped everything. They followed him. You know, so have got to recognize the grace on the man God has sent us. We've got to honor, honor, honor. We've got to honor one another. We've got to honor the word. We're going to honor the prophetic word. We're going to honor, you know, what's coming through in the house. Doesn't mean everything is, you know, perfect. We are not perfect. But the word of God is here, and we've got to honor that. And we've got to honor where that comes through and from. And the fourth one is humble, humbleness, being humble, humility. Humility, that's a big one. So James 4 verse 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And it goes on, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. It's not a very happy scripture. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humility. Philippians. Where's the other one? No, no, sorry. Let's go to Peter. Here it is, Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, who's young? Probably anyone under 80, 90? Anyone under 90 is young. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. 
For again, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So God's got it under control. One thing I know about my life is I am not fussed one bit about what I do. In due time, God will do what God's gonna do with me. If I preach, I preach. If I don't, I don't. It is not an issue to me, one bit. I know what God's called me to do. I know what he's called me to be. It's to serve, end of story. That's it. So whether, whether I do this or not is irrelevant to me as long as I'm doing what I do to build the house. You know, so um, to me, it's simple. Not that I'm not saying I'm humble, like completely, perfectly humble or anything. Lenny does that, but uh, <laughs> joking. Lenny's not here. He can't, joke, he, he can't joke about them when they're not here. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we need to be humble, teachable, put off, you know, arrogance, put off all those other things that are opposite to humility. You know, put it off, be, be open, be teachable. Doesn't mean you're a pushover, that's not what this means. But it means we're open. You know, Mary, let it be done to me. Let it be done to me according to your word. How can this be? I don't know how this can be. It doesn't compute, you know. But uh, either way, let it be done to me according to your will. How open. You know, these days, someone would go, no, no, that can't happen. Because if this doesn't happen, this doesn't, this doesn't, I can't get pregnant. So there you go, you're wrong. You know, but she was, wasn't like that. She's like, let it be done. Let it be done to me. She wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but she was positioned for upgrade and humble to receive. Philippians 2. Verse five, this is a really good scripture. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearances of, of, uh, and sorry, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. That's humility. That's humility when God himself can step out of heaven, take on human form, become a servant, and was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, because of this, God's highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Humility is key. It's a key. Dr. Jonathan David, I remember him saying not long ago, 
It was a few years, actually, it was a couple of years ago. But he said, ambition will take out more people in the future than anything else. And I think he was talking about people in the church. Ambition will take out more people in the future than anything else. So we've got to guard our hearts. We've got to watch our hearts. We've got to be so open, you know, to what God is doing. We've got to be so trusting and, and open to where God sent. You know, one reason why, you know, I, um, some things I find very easy is because I just know God spoke to me and I'm holding on to that. I know God sent me here and I know God told me this is where you plant your feet. So I don't always get everything. But that I come back to. Whenever I, not that I think I've ever felt really like this, but whenever I, if I feel like running or I feel like hiding or I feel like pulling away or anything, I always come back to that and I go, well, God, you've got me here. What are you doing? What's going on? What do I need to change? What do I need to do to, to get this, to understand this, to keep moving ahead with the upgrade? Humbleness. So even Christ, it says, let this mind be in you. It was also in Christ Jesus. So the humility that was in Christ, that he was God and he could step out of heaven, that's the mind we need. That's the attitude, that's the heart we need. That even in our human state, we can be humble. Put aside our, you know, opinions and, you know, even hurts and things like that. That sort of stuff can just block you up from really honoring, really seeing the way God wants us to see. Because when we, we, we see through a certain lens if we've been hurt, if there's fear in our heart, we see a certain way. I'll finish just reading this again because it's a good scripture. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess. I just lost my spot. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I should know it off by heart anyway. <laughs> Good scripture. Let's stand, hey? Sorry, and we should just finish off maybe just singing that song, Alpha Omega. And just really, you know, worshipping him for a minute or two. <clears throat> but I just want to, I hope that encouraged you this morning. Because I want to encourage you because we are all on this journey together. 
And uh, each and every one of us, you know, is positioned for upgrade. You know, each and every one of us uh, can, can come through in, into what God has got for us. Amen? Yep. And, uh, and I just know there's some of the things that, as Pastor Brian's been speaking over the last month or so, you know, about this message, there are just some things that have popped out from those messages that I've just grabbed a hold of and gone, okay, I've got to, there's some of the keys for me. So I really want to encourage you, you know, go back over. You know, that, that message he preached on the unprecedented move is powerful, powerful. So I really want to encourage you to, to utilize the podcasts. And, you know, Pastor Ray was talking about that, you know, when he was speaking about, you know, chewing on the word. You know, I can't, there was a word there about, was it copious? You know, what was the word that? Benediction. You know, it's copious so that we've got... You know, you've got notes. We've all taken notes. We can, you know, get together in our discipleship groups and, and, and look over notes and, and things like that. We can listen back to, you know, to the messages and things like that and begin to build that on the inside. You know, I, I look now and, you know, and I, I just, it blows my mind, um, you know, where we've come from, um, from when I, at least I first came here, you know, and, and, uh, and where, where God has brought us and what God is doing. And it's because of the Word. It's because we've got an amazing man and woman of God, uh, but it's because of the Word that's been coming through and it's built us and it's built us and it's built us. So we need to honor that Word. We need to be responsible with that Word. We need to capture that Word and, uh, and recognize that Word and honor that Word and, uh, and just eat that Word, you know, and, and allow that to build us. The prophetic word is the raw material to build. So that's in your life as well. You know, we have the house we have where Heidi and I have just moved into because of a, a prophetic word. It's true. God gave her a dream and me a dream and we got up and we went, oh, we had a dream and we thought it meant something else and it didn't, it meant something else. And now we're there, the prophetic word you know, is the material to build. So don't, let's, let's be honorable around that, hey? Awesome. 